Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. We got a special episode coming your way today. Don't worry if you're waiting on the golf preview, it still will be coming out later this morning. But we've got a special episode for you right now. We are going to be talking about Maction. And this is a special corner of the college football world that personally I love. If you are a major college football fan, you probably already know what Maction is. But this is going to be kind of starting off as like a little bit of a ode to Maction, and then we're going to start previewing the DFS formats for Maction and how we can get involved in FanDuel and DraftKings. So if you are expecting the normal weekly content, don't worry, it is still all coming. We're going to be doing golf today, college football tomorrow, NFL on Thursday, and then Friday, as usual, we'll figure it out. But today, like I said, two episodes. First one is going to be talking about Maction. All right, so if you don't know what Maction is, we are going to kind of set that up first and then talk about it from the DFS point of view. So let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor and then we'll go ahead and get started. I've mentioned here on the podcast before, but most of you guys know already, uh, I attended the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, the Charlotte 49ers, and I actually was a member of the video team there for the football team. I videoed all the practices, videoed all the games. So I can attest firsthand that playing college football in the group of five is a totally different world than the Power Five. Like when you're playing college football in the group of five, you know going into the season you are not going to win a national championship. You are not going to contend for a national championship. But what you do want to do is you want to go out, try to win your conference, and try to get to a bowl game at the end. And those conference championship games and those bowl games, those cost money. And so a lot of group of five teams have to go out of their way to raise revenue. And the big way that they raise revenue is through their TV contract. And I'll be honest, in my opinion, the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, has the best TV contract in the group of five. Because basically what happened was they went to ESPN looking for a bigger, more lucrative TV deal. And ESPN told them, they said, look, I don't have any more slots on Saturday that I can give you. All of our Saturday programming is filled by the SEC, ACC, all the Power Five conferences. And the MAC's counteroffer was, who said it had to be on Saturday? And so they talked to ESPN and they set up these games in November on Tuesday and Wednesday and they call it Maction. And it is just one of the best things for a college football fan because now we have college football on TV Tuesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It is glorious. It's one of the best times of year. And so basically, the way Maction works is right now we have eight teams that are playing a Maction schedule. Uh, we've got four games this week. Uh, two games on Tuesday, two games on Wednesday. And so a lot of the time, once a team gets on the Maction schedule, they're going to stay on the Maction schedule because it's very hard to flip from playing Tuesday and Wednesday games to playing Saturday games. You, you know, you can go from one way, but you can't go the other way. So um, you're going to be seeing this kind of cast of characters from this Thursday and Wednesday night for the rest of November on your TV screen on Tuesday and Wednesday playing Maction. Now, FanDuel and DraftKings offer contests for Maction. So we're going to do a little DFS preview and talk about how we can target certain players and certain offenses in Maction. I won't be doing any of these previews for the rest of November, but this will give you a good summation of here are what I think of these eight teams. Here are what I think of these players. Use these to help build your lineups when you're using, uh, when you're building your lineups for the Maction DFS slates. So let's go ahead and we're going to start off by talking about the two Tuesday games. And those two Tuesday games are Ball State at 
Kent State. My bad. Ball State at Kent State and Ohio at Buffalo. All right, so let's go ahead and let's get into it talking about these Tuesday games. So let's start off by talking about the Tuesday games and the quarterback position. And the first one on the board is Kent State's Colin Schley. And as of right now, he is very questionable to play tonight. Uh, He did not play their last game against Akron, and I cannot find anything on Twitter that indicates one way or the other whether he plans to play or not play tonight. So that's definitely going to be a situation to monitor. In my opinion, he is the number one quarterback play if he is healthy. Kent State is seven-point favorites in this game against Ball State, and the game has an over-under of 62. And if we're being honest, I think they have the best offense in this slate. I think they have one of the best offenses in the MAC. They know how to put up points. They've put up points against Power 5 opponents, and they put up points against MAC opponents as well. If Schley does not go, Devin Kargman, who is a true freshman, gets the start. And I think he will be a very low-owned pivot play unless we get a lot of confirmation on Schley before kickoff. Like, if Schley remains very questionable, uh, people aren't going to go out of their way to play Cardman because they don't know what's going to happen. So um, I think he's definitely an option, but I would definitely prefer to play Schley than Cardman, quite obviously. Now, Cole Snyder of Buffalo is next on the price list, but he is very inconsistent. Uh, he has ranged from 11 to 35 points against MAC opponents. Now, I'm going to use that phrase a lot against MAC opponents because a lot of these teams have games against Power 5 teams earlier on their schedule. And look, you just can't compare those games because in, when they play Power 5 teams, they're overmatched talent wise, they're not running their same offensive scheme. And you really just want to look and see what they do against teams of their own level. And in this case, it's going to be other teams in the MAC. So like I said, Cole Snyder has a range from 11 points to 35 fantasy points when he plays MAC opponents. And I just don't know if I like the fact that he's there on the price list. I would rather play one of these two guys below him for a lesser price. Curtis Work of Ohio is a guy that we have mentioned on the podcast here before when Ohio is on one of the main slates. If you throw out the two games against Iowa State and Penn State, he averages 32 fantasy points a game. That is, like, really good, especially at his price tag. And if you look at it, this game script could have him throwing, as Buffalo is favored to beat Ohio in this matchup. So if he's playing from behind, then we know that he averages 32 fantasy points a game against group of five opponents. Uh, That's putting him in very good shape to pay off his price tag, and I really like Curtis Rourke of Ohio this week. John Paddock of Ball State will be the lowest owned of the four starters. Um, I think him and Snyder are honestly about the same quality. They both have a little bit of inconsistency, but they're not the same price. I would rather play Paddock than Snyder, personally. Uh, I just think that they're, like I said, they're about the same quality, but not the same price. And so why wouldn't I play the guy that's going to be at a lower price? And I also think he's going to be much lower owned. Ball State is not favored to win this game. Um, However, Kent State's defense isn't too hot. So, you know, they're going to be throwing. They're going to have opportunities for Paddock to put up some points. All right, let's go ahead and switch it over to the ground game and talk about running backs. For the running backs, um, we've got really a situation where we've got a few committees and a few workhorse backs. If you're looking at the price board, Ron Cook Jr. of Buffalo is priced at the top on DraftKings. And in my opinion, it's because of his matchup, not because of his workload, not because of his game log. Simply put, Ohio is the worst defense that is playing on Tuesday night. And so Ron Cook Jr. draws that matchup. And, you know, like I said earlier, Buffalo is favored to win this game. So if they're trying to grind clock out in the second half, he's going to be getting a lot of the carries. He does have a little bit of upside because Cook does have two games this season over 24 points. 
Um, and he also is in a little bit of a committee with Mike Washington. Uh, but Mike Washington sees very inconsistent usage. So if you're looking for maybe a GPP play that's going to be low owned or you know looking for a pivot away from Cook Jr., I think Mike Washington is an option. But personally, I would probably stay away from these two guys because I think that there's much more workhorse back type situations elsewhere. Carson Steele and Sia Bangura. Carson Steele of Ball State and Sia Bangura of Ohio, in my opinion, are about in the same boat. Both are workhorse backs on their respective teams. There's no committee. There's no question who's going to be lined up at running back for those teams. Steele averages 26 carries a game if you throw out the game against Tennessee. And Bangura only averages 15 carries, but Ohio's a much more prolific offense. They get him involved in the passing game. They throw the ball a little bit more. But like I said, these are the two guys that are in their backfield. They're very safe, high upside plays, Carson Steele and Sia Bangura. Marquez Cooper of Kent State will likely be high-owned because he is a workhorse back, and he is priced much cheaper on DraftKings than the other four, the other three running backs I have talked about. He's hit 28 carries in three of his last four games, and he has two 30-point performances against MAC opponents. So we know that he has a high ceiling because of those 30-point performances, and we know that he has a high floor because of the number of carries that he's getting. Kent State is probably the best offense in this slate as well, so if you're looking for somebody who's going to have plenty of chances to get in the end zone, Marquez Cooper is your guy. All right, that does it for the Tuesday running backs. Let's go ahead and start talking Tuesday receivers. At the wide receiver position, the top name on the board is Kent State's Dante Cephas. And look, he is that dude. He is their number one wide receiver. He started off the season with a 19.5 point PPR performance against a far superior Washington team. So we know that he can score points against literally anybody in college football. He also has 46 points this season against Ohio. Yes, that was 46 points in one game against Ohio. So that represents a very high ceiling, and there is a reason that he is the highest price receiver, and that is it right there. Now, Cephas's teammate, Devontez Walker, is a very solid play, in my opinion, also. He's hit 21 fantasy points in four of his last five games, and he is Kent State's deep threat. He can pay off his price tag with one pass if it's a 70-yard touchdown. So I like both of those Kent State receivers this week. Like we've said already, Kent State is the most prolific offense on this slate. They are favored to win against Ball State. And the Kent State Ball State game has the higher over-under. So that just gives more inclination to play these two Kent State guys at wide receiver. For the Ohio receivers, the only one I will probably roster is Sam Wiglas. So Sam Wiglas has over 15 fantasy points against every MAC opponent so far. And that's a level of consistency that I'm willing to pay for. If you're looking to be different... Ohio's Jacoby Jones has a high ceiling because he has had performances of 22 and 31 fantasy points, but he's not been super duper consistent. So um, if you're looking for a low owned play, Jacoby Jones of Ohio would be the guy that I would look to. For Buffalo's receivers, they draw the matchup against the bad Ohio defense, but none of them have been consistent. Quayan Williams and Justin Marshall have 41 and 35 catches respectively. Williams has 41, Marshall has 35, and they are on the field at all times. So if you're looking for, I don't know, if you're looking for somebody who has upside, it'd be those two guys because they're getting a bad defense and they're going to be on the field, but we just don't really know which one of them is going to get thrown the ball more on each particular day. You just don't know. Uh, their third receiver is Jamari Gassett, and he's kind of come on as of late, and he is the third receiver in snaps also. So, um, you know, he's definitely an option 
He's going to be low-owned. He's going to be low-priced. So these Buffalo guys, though, I just think they're very hard to predict. And so if you're playing cash games, I would probably avoid them. If you're playing GPPs, I definitely think they are an option because they are definitely have the upside against that defense. Ball State is not a very prolific passing attack, but Jayshon Johnson is their guy. He is a target machine. He is pretty much the only pass catcher who provides a lot of relevance in that Ball State offense. And added to that, they're projected to lose this game. They're, you know, six-point underdogs. So they're going to be throwing the football, and they're going to be throwing it to Jayshon Johnson. So that's a guy that I'm probably going to be locking into my lineups this week. All right, so let's flip it from Tuesday to Wednesday. Flip the calendar a little bit, talk about two new games, four new teams, and let's get into the second half of this week's match. So at the time of this recording, the pricing for FanDuel and DraftKings for the Wednesday night matching games are not up yet, which is kind of disappointing. Normally by this point of the week, they have them up, but you know, I guess with it being the first week, they just haven't gotten around to it yet, or maybe they didn't know it was coming. But either way, they're not up yet, so I'm going to be doing a lot of speculation on what the salaries are going to be, but I will tell you about the two games. I would prefer loading up on the Central Michigan and Northern Illinois game. Um, I would tend to avoid the Western Michigan and Bowling Green game. So I'm going to talk about it one game at a time here. We're going to start by talking about Central Michigan and Northern Illinois. So before you play a Northern Illinois quarterback, you want to check on the health status of Northern Illinois quarterback Rocky Lombardi. Um, The backup is Ethan Hampton, who has played recently. And honestly, I think that they're both really solid options. But I definitely want to know which one is playing before I lock one into my lineup. Uh, Also, I think that these are the quarterbacks that you want, like I said. Um, Whether it's the NIU quarterback or the Central Michigan quarterback, this is going to be the much higher scoring game in this slate. I want to load up on this game. So I want to get the quarterbacks from this game into my lineup. Now, in terms of running backs, Lou Nichols of Central Michigan had a breakout year last year, got a lot of carries, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and was just really, really good in MAC play last year. But he has not really hit that level yet this season. His yards per carry are down. His total number of carries are down. And he's just not had that prolific of a season. I mean, it would be really easy to blame the offensive line, in my opinion. But I don't think that we're there yet. And so I definitely think he's a guy worth going back to because we know he has that upside. We know he can do it. But I think that the running back who is going to be the number one play tomorrow, I think he's going to be the highest salary tomorrow, is Harrison Whaley of Northern Illinois. Um, He is just really, really good. He's gotten a lot of carries and a lot of yards. He is doing really well on a yards per carry basis, and Northern Illinois loves to run the football, especially when they play with a backup quarterback. So I think that Harrison Whaley is probably going to be the guy who's number one in salary tomorrow, and he's probably still going to be a guy who is going to be into my lineups. Now, Central Michigan has two receiving options that are worth rostering, and that is Carlos Carrier and then their tight end, Joel Wilson. Um, I don't exactly know where they're going to come in in price. Typically, tight ends on FanDuel and DraftKings are priced much cheaper, and so I think there's probably going to be a lot of value with Joel Wilson. But those are the two guys that dominate targets, dominate catches. I'm not looking at any other receiver in the Central Michigan passing attack. Northern Illinois has only one that I really like before seeing the pricing, and that is Cole Tucker. He is their number one guy by far. Um, Like I said, we don't know what the rest of the pricing looks like, but he is the one that I would be inclined to get into my lineups. Now, flipping to the other game, Western Michigan and Bowling Green. It's going to be much slower paced. It's going to be much lower scoring than the Central Michigan-Northern Illinois game. 
Um, when you look at quarterbacks, Matt McDonald of Bowling Green is a guy that I would definitely consider to be an option, but I am anticipating that he is going to be priced too high. He's got a really good game log. He's very consistent. He throws for a lot of touchdowns, um, but I just think he's going to be priced too high for the spot that he's in against the solid Western Michigan defense in a slow-paced game. Now, the Bowling Green offense is very hard to predict for skill players. I probably will just avoid their skill players entirely, even if I am playing Matt McDonald. Like I said, I still got to see the pricing first, but they're so hard to predict. They don't have any receiver over 30 catches, but they have three receivers over 20 catches. They also split carries in their backfield as well. So we know that in DFS, we want to avoid situations that are hard to predict. So the Bowling Green skill players are probably going to be guys that I avoid this week. Now, Western Michigan, on the other hand, they are not as prolific of an offense, but their fantasy points are really easy to predict. All of them lump around two players, and that is running back Sean Tyler and wide receiver Corey Crooms. Those are the workhorses in this offense, whether they are leading, trailing, tied, whatever. Those are the two guys that are going to be getting the football in their hands, and I have no problem playing either of them this week. All right, so that is your Wednesday preview of the match. I wish I had salaries to go off of, but it's whatever. So anyway, that is the preview for week one of Maction. Like I said, it's one of my favorite times of year. We got college football on our TVs Tuesday and Wednesday nights now. Um, and by listening to this podcast, you are now more informed than 90% of the people who are playing DFS on FanDuel and DraftKings for the Maction slates. So if you want more college football, make sure you are following me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks, dropping stats all the time about college football, golf, and NFL. And if you ever want my full DFS lineups, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps me out. And hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you're going to enjoy some action tonight. I know I am. It's one of my, like I said, it's one of my favorite times of year because college football is always on my TV. All right. So with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.